Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective. Today we are talking about Patriot Church on this Thursday episode, and we're going to go ahead and just go right to Shannon with some inspiration, and we'll bring our guest in from Patriot Church in a moment. We're going to talk about God fighting for us. A Colorado mother proved she would not stop at anything to protect her child. Her five-year-old son was playing outside when she heard him screaming. She rushed outside and, to her horror, saw that her son had an unexpected playmate, a mountain lion. The large cat was on top of her son with his head in its mouth. The mother summoned her inner mama grizzly to fight off that lion and pry its jaws open to rescue her son. This mother's heroic actions remind us of how motherhood is used in scripture to illustrate God's tenacious love and protection for his children. God tenderly cared for and comforted his people as a mother eagle cares for her young. Also, like a mother who could never forget a nursing child with whom she had built an inseparable bond, God would never forget his people, nor forever withhold compassion from them. Finally, like a mother bird offering protective cover under her wings for baby birds, God would cover his people with his feathers and his faithfulness, be their shield and rampart. Sometimes we feel alone, forgotten, and trapped in the grip of all the kinds of spiritual predators. May God help us remember that he compassionately cares, comforts, and fights for us. Pastor Ken, will you go ahead and close us in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this uh, story and this opportunity, Lord, to uh, be on the radio and give this message. And Father, I just pray your blessing upon uh, Spokane and and all the mama grizzlies, Lord, that that care for their their kids. and, And Lord, help us to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, definitely we live in a time where we need a lot of people to be like that mama that says, I don't care if the predator already has the child in grasp. I'm going to step in and do what's needed because we have that going on in our culture, whether it's in our schools. We talked about schools yesterday, education and what they're doing to our children. But of course, they have to get out of the womb before they can get into the indoctrination centers. And so we have Ken Peters from Patriot Church here today, also with the Church at Plant Parenthood. And we're going to be uh, diving into both of those topics. So, Pastor Peters, what's been going on lately with Patriot Church? Well, lots going on, and thank you guys so much for having me on the program. We recently, a couple of years ago, came to Knoxville, Tennessee to start kind of a headquarters branch of Patriot Church out here, and things are going very well. Love Tennessee. Of course, we still have our Patriot Church in Moses Lake, Washington, and many dear friends still in the Spokane area and a number of Patriot churches around the United States, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Alabama. So they're they're all over um, Idaho trying to spread the, the movement. We're a church that is very, very much God and country. We believe in being involved with the nation. We don't we don't take separation of church and state seriously, at least as far as the church being involved in the state, but things are going really well. well. That, that's a piece of, of information that our children get in schools and that we're, our, our culture now has decided, oh, what about separation of church and state? We just have to remind everybody to, to not hold that negative and inaccurate uh, representation that's been given to us by the political elite and those that want to control us because the separation of church and state is not in the Constitution anywhere. And the only place that you could say it is, is that the state has no authority over the church. 
The state doesn't get to tell us what to preach. When part of the reason why we became a country was because I think it was King, was it King George would have made us all yes. a- Anglican. And so we decided <laughs> we didn't all want to be Anglican, this weird spinoff of the Catholic church that allowed rulers to be unfaithful and murderous. So <laughs> that, cause that's what he was. So we, be, we came to the United States. We have a constitution that's centered around God given rights and the church's right to be active in the culture and in government is one of those rights. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to keep the church out of state after all the church's people, right? Remember that, that here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and see all the people. So the, the church is just, is, is people. And, and also Jesus told us to be salt and light. And our forefathers gave us this wonderful opportunity to defend ourselves and be involved in our own government. So what an opportunity. The church would be just foolish and buying into the narrative of the enemy if we check out. And unfortunately, uh, many Christians have. Well, and that's where we've gotten to the point where we are today. And I think a lot of people, uh, especially after COVID, when the government said, well, the the strip clubs and Walmart can stay open, but you churches better shut down. It's just, just, just for the better of the community. We're get, we got to keep people safe. That's government's job isn't just to keep us safe, especially if it's a lie, like with the COVID, how they just totally stomped all over the Constitution. It's right in the Constitution that we have the right to our religious beliefs, and we also have a right to gather. Yeah, I remember being in when I was in Spokane pastoring there, and I, I'd drive to our church and do the little online church deal, and, and nobody in the parking lot, nobody in the church, and I'd drive home past Fred Meyer. And the place was packed, like people like hanging out the windows. And, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with this picture? It's, it's dangerous to study the Word of God with other believers, but it's not dangerous to go grocery shopping with the entire city at one time. Right, yeah. The church just needed to invest in a few shopping carts to roll up the ramp and... <laughs> Come in. We're good. shopping for the love of God. Come in. Yeah, get your <laughs> get your spiritual cart filled here. That's great. So the Church of Planned Parenthood, that was another thing that kind of got shut down uh, for COVID. And uh, people were still meeting, I remember, somewhat during those times. You know, there was a lot around the Church of Planned Parenthood at the time. So if you want to talk about some of those things and where that's at now. Yeah, well, the biggest thing besides COVID hitting us hard was Planned Parenthood and their lawyers <laughs> hit us hard with a lawsuit of, uh, it ended up being a total of, after negotiation, $960,000, just short of a million dollars we settled for. And we ended up having to pay Planned Parenthood and mostly actually it was their lawyers. It cost, I think, $1.3 million for their three law firms. I had a, I had a wonderful lady support supporting us for free. So it was, it was really David and Goliath. And in this case, uh, David, uh, didn't uh, win initially, but we're, we're not going to let a lawsuit. We're not going to let a lawsuit shut us down and, and stop us. And that's the whole point of us meeting this year. They ended up telling us that you had this, that we had to start one hour later and across the street. So one hour and across the street was worth a million dollars. And they, they said, Hey, you are, Obviously, the judge said, you're obviously trying to stop reproductive health. And I'm thinking, wait, when we got sued, we started after they closed, 6 o'clock, and it was once a month. I don't know how that in any way is trying to stop their 
Well, you know, it's the same way that, um, except for it's maybe worse in, in this instance, it's the same way that Sunday school is trying to indoctrinate the kids away from what they're learning in public school five days a week, <laughs> you know? So, so yes, hopefully sir. they don't sue all the churches because, you know, they're infecting the children with a religious belief that the schools don't agree with because that's kind of where we're at this point because Planned Parenthood's in the schools, but the churches aren't. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah, it's just ridiculous that they're accusing us of trying to stop their healthcare system when when uh, it was so obviously not that. We're just there to worship and pray and be a voice for the voiceless and stand up for well, the unborn. The Church of Planned Parenthood has always been after hours when the when the abortion facility was not open, the reproductive health, they call it, was not open. And even now, as the Church of Planned Parenthood continues on a monthly basis, and people go down there and meet across the street from 123 East Indiana, there's obviously no business being conducted during the hours of, of TCAP. And then you also have, especially in the beginning, I remember you had groups of people that were protesting the Church of Planned Parenthood, which was actually doing something at the time, unlike the clinic. And they were screaming profanities. They had bullhorns. Bullhorns. And, and so I'm wondering where the lawsuits against those groups are. Yeah, well, that's just the thing. We don't sue people, right? So, right. I mean, well, for $960,000 or $1.5 million, it sounds like you guys like demolished their building or something. You you would have thought. And, and, and really, the only thing the judge said is we had to start at seven instead of six and across the street. And I'm thinking to myself, that cost a million dollars? They could have asked. And we probably would have complied. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, of, of course it is ridiculous. And that's why they took the approach they did. So there was a local article just, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago here in Spokane about this case. You know, there's obviously a city council here in Spokane that's a majority that's supported by Planned Parenthood as political donors. And so they didn't do any favors for the people that go to the church at Planned Parenthood. Uh, as you know, they've tried to do things to block the sidewalks them from the sidewalk. Uh, yeah. From the public square, which is kind of strange, uh, but they've had a an ordinance that they concocted that was specific to healthcare facilities and people standing on the sidewalk providing information. Yeah, they they do not like any sort of protest. They they don't want to be touched in any way, shape, or form. And uh, I think it's very important that the church stand up and say, "Listen, the Church of Jesus Christ in the city of Spokane is not okay with an industry that takes." human life for money. They make money per human death. And it's a terrible industry like unto old slavery where the destruction of people for money. And so that I think the church has to stand up and say, we are not okay with this happening in our town. Well, and I, I think that we could also, you know, in my view, we could look at this, you know, the, the culture that we have around abortion and death in this country, you know, we've, we've allowed the drug cartels to bring in poison. And we have just the last couple of years, uh, over the last three years, hundreds of thousands of people dying from drug overdoses because we're not enforcing our laws properly. But when it comes to people that want to preserve 
the life of the unborn when the culture that we have, the education we have is leading to the destruction of the family, more single family parenting. We know that people are more apt to end up in criminal situations or overdose on drugs if they are raised in a broken home where there's no parents. Uh, We know that the education of children that don't have two parents in the household is hindered and they have worse outcomes. So we should be propping up the family as a government, knowing all the statistics that we pay taxes to collect. But instead, we're just continuing to go down this road of the destruction of the family and destruction of our culture. And I would say that at this point in time, if if the Church of Planned Parenthood can go up against religious institutions, I would say that the Church of Planned Parenthood itself has become a religious institution because there's been a history of religions. Uh, Moloch, I think, is the one that comes to mind. And there's a couple other. Yeah. Ball. Yeah. So. Yeah. These are things that we have to face as a culture. We had to quit being silenced. And one of the ways of doing that is going to the Church of Plant Parenthood. There is another Church of Plant Parenthood coming this uh, March 14th. So we're just talking down the road here. Again, they'll be May 9th, August 8th, October 10th, December 12th. It's my understanding that Pastor Ken Peters is going to be here for those events. Yeah, I'm excited. We're, we're making a statement that the theme is not backing down. And we just we can't let Planned Parenthood sue us away from our First Amendment right. You see, this whole time I thought I was protected by the First Amendment. Peaceful assembly, practice of our faith. What I found out is, is that the First Amendment does not really apply when it comes to "Quote unquote reproductive health care." Right. So, what was what was the well, bottom line? Before before we go into any more information here about this, we got to take a break, folks. Come on back. We're going to talk more about the event coming up and what time your freedom of speech begins. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. We sincerely thank Mike Fagan for 12 years of dedication to our listeners and guests of the Right Spokane Perspective. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620, Spokane, WA 99207. Thanks again and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. Today, we're not backing down. We're talking about Patriot Church, the church at Planned Parenthood. we got a couple events coming up, March 14th, May 9th, August 8th, October 10th, December 12th. And we were talking about when our freedom of speech begins. And apparently, it's across the street from 123 East Indiana. And your freedom of speech begins at 7.15 p.m. On March 14th. On March 14th. So so the thing is that the judge, as you told us in the first half, Pastor Peters, said you can't start till 7, so now we're giving them a little bit of breathing room just in case they don't read the clock correctly. And it's because obviously the Constitution's (laughs) tough. The clock could be tough, too. I know it's digital. They might The analog thing might got maybe their batteries aren't up to par, but it's 7.15 now. Yeah, I mean, here we are. We're on city property. It's one time a month. We don't start till after they close and that wasn't good enough. We had to be one hour later, I guess, and across the street and then, and then it was okay. But all this time we thought we were under the protection of the first amendment. Uh, we obeyed everything the police ever told us to do. We were uh, under the assumption that we were law abiding and also, uh, protected by the first amendment. Well, come to find out the Washington state, typical blue state 
has super intense laws when it comes to abortion facilities. And so, uh, unfortunately, the First Amendment did not protect us. Yeah, and of course, the blue states, one of the things that really stands out, just like our local city council, is that they are supported nonprofit, but it's a nonprofit that gets to be involved in politics. So they have another arm of their healthcare clinics, their abortion clinics, reproductive health, they call it, that on the other side of the money, so that side of the organization can get all sort of, you know, $500 million from the feds. Money from the schools. Yeah, money from the schools. In fact, I remember a story just a few years ago where Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics were were getting double paid for birth control and overcharged the government and also was getting cash and payment from their customers. And it was like a $350 million fraud that they perpetrated. I don't remember them getting sued or going to jail or there was no compliance because they were too busy on the other side of their organization funding political campaigns. Yeah. You know, they say they, they do this for women because they supposedly love women, but if you take away the money, they won't be there for women. This is this is industry. The love of money is the root of all evil, the Bible says. And uh, Planned Parenthood is the epitome of that. They make money on abortions. They make money per human death. Here in the state of Tennessee, where I'm at right now, abortion, at least at the moment, is completely illegal. So Planned Parenthood, they have completely left the state. They're not here at all. Amen. And uh, – yeah, I know we're very, very. It's it's amazing to live in a state that, uh, at least temporarily. Of course, we got we're they're trying to bring up. Can you believe it? I I know you can believe it, but the Rhino Republicans here in Tennessee are trying to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory, trying to bring abortion back. Can you believe it? The Republicans, yeah, the Rhino moderate. I know it's surprising to you guys probably, but, well, but the, in, in a state, the, in a state like Tennessee though, you have, <laughs> you have Democrats that are masked as Republicans and, and we can call them rhinos, but they're really Democrats. If they don't stand on a majority of the GOP platform, they're really a Democrat. So, you know, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing and in Washington state, it's the opposite thing because there's the Democrats kind of own the state. So, you know, if you want to try to get in office, you have to be almost conservative parading as a Democrat in, in a lot <laughs> yeah. of districts. Uh, but Washington state is is talking about states like Tennessee. It's been in the local press as those laws have rolled out in red states, conservative states, that Washington wants to help transport people to our state as like a hub or a, a sanctuary state for abortion. Yeah, I mean, we have Illinois real close to us, and, and it's it's the same with Illinois. Their, their abortions have gone uh, way up and people from Tennessee are, you know, crossing the border and, you know, but the, but the good news is, is that many, many were, we're saving 900 lives. They, they, that's what the statistics say. 900 lives are being saved every month right now in Tennessee that would have been aborted. So, Oh, it's an overall victory for uh, babies. And uh, I think also when you have a state that doesn't, murder human life, innocent blood. I think it invokes the blessing of God on that state. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Well, it definitely brings the state government closer to a place where they could, you know, ask for God's forgiveness and, you know, ask that, that, that their land be healed and, 
be more prosperous. And, you know, in Washington State, I'm thinking about this and, okay, it's illegal to stand on the sidewalk and sing praise and worship songs after business hours, but it's perfectly okay to shoot up heroin or, you know, sell drugs. And there's so many things in blue states that we need more and more people to stand up, not just move to a different place, but to stand up in these states because there are laws that, you know, these things are going to get brought to the U.S. Supreme Court, I'm sure, at some point in time from these red states. So we can implement them in counties or in state government in blue states, especially states like you got Oregon and Washington and California, where it's just a, a, a large contingency on the coast that makes the state blue. The rest of the state believes more like uh, your average voter in Idaho or Tennessee. Right. It's it's really unfortunate. And I don't know what to do about it. Um, but the, the big cities that tend to attract a lot of liberals, uh, if they get big enough, can really dominate uh, the entire well, state. And, I actually uh, have an answer that. for that. I have an answer for that one that that you're putting that one down there because what happens like the city of Spokane, when you look at the top five employers of that top five, three of them are government, state, county, city, federal. And, and so a lot of cities, it's the public employees unions, the teachers unions, uh, the city workers, state workers that drive all of their employees to the polls having to do with their paycheck and union negotiations that push them to vote Democrat. Mm. So it's the large population of government unions is because they vote predominantly blue because yeah, that's, that's the entity that grows government that puts them further up the ladder, gives them better paychecks and their cousin gets hired. That's, that's what drives it. And I don't know why it's a secret. Maybe I'm not supposed to be telling it. I don't know. <laughs> but, but that's, <laughs> you- but, but I'm going to buy does you it. a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I'm going to have to start wearing heavier clothing. So that that is, it, it is a problem. And it's interesting that we allow certain nonprofits to have political voice, like the public employees unions, but the churches are being squelched more and more. And we let nonprofits like Planned Parenthood go after churches who have a different belief than they do. Yeah, it's crazy that that this billion dollar industry uh, has no conscience about suing a church. But, you know, one of the things we've done is when we started Patriot Church, we did not become a 501c3. There's another IRS category, and it's a 508c1a, and it has none of the quote unquote restrictions of a 501c3. So we are completely free to endorse candidates, give any political view that we want and so we enjoy so that is this, and you said it's 508 c1a 508 c1a so in this can if churches wanted to because i have people listening that are probably lots of church goers and maybe some pastors if they wanted to change over to a 508 c1a c1a that's kind of a, that's new i haven't heard that one at all before so could they then go ahead and fund their own candidates absolutely it, this is this is it's actually an unbelievable find, and my good friend, friend uh, Pastor Sharam Hadian, was the one that first discovered this. But it's, it's actually in the IRS code. It literally says churches in there, and so churches are one of the categories that are are qualified for this. And so we are now a five hundred eight C one A versus a five hundred one C three, 
and there are no restrictions. We can endorse candidates. Wow. We can we can fund candidacies. We can could, could you guys be hundred percent involved. Could you run your own uh, homeless shelters and kind of take over the the uh, human services side of a of a community by through government contracts and uh, grants and things like that? If you had uh, you know multiple arms of this kind of an entity to push back on the failing ideologies, the failing processes of government, and, and not just for candidates, but also human uh, resources. I believe so. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but Abortion I know. Abortion-free health centers. Right. There you yeah. go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, man, churches, and when I was a, a 501c3, I, I didn't let that stop me. But a lot of pastors, they will use that as an excuse. Oh, we can't endorse a candidate or we can't do anything political because we'll lose our tax-exempt status or whatever. That's hogwash. But if well, I've never heard of that happening. Excuse, I've never yeah, heard of that happening. It doesn't. It never happens. But pastors still use it as an excuse. And, uh, well, I found a way to eliminate the excuse. It's a 508 and it's in the IRS code. And so that's, that's what we are at Patriot church. And so we actually endorse candidates and it feels so good. We have a great representative here in our district here in Tennessee, and we literally endorse that candidate with, with no shame or worry. And, uh, it, it feels really good. Well, and that's interesting to me too, because the churches are not getting government money. Plant Parenthood gets government money. The public employees unions get public money and they not only endorse candidates, they fund candidates. And then as government employees, they have the ability to take what they call union days. So they can take days off where the taxpayers are still paying for them. And then they go out and campaign boots on the ground for candidates. Yeah. And meanwhile, the church does nothing and uses the 501c3 as their excuse to do nothing. Uh, you know, it's it's not going to end well if the church continues to wash their hands like Pilate of of anything political. You know, the the political world for the left is their religion. Think about this: they give their tithe to their political cause. We give our tithe to our local church, and then our local church does nothing when it comes to the political cause. You know, that, that's not going to end well. We've got to we got the church has got to uh, change its the way that it operates in the political world. So what was that? Uh, Shannon, you got that number again in front of you there? Oh, it's a 508C1A. 508C1A. So folks, that's something for us all to look into because we definitely as Christians have to find a way to get out of the corner. We've been put in the corner in this culture. And while we're watching the chaos in the rest of the room, eventually they'll devour the rest of the room. And just because you're in the corner, too many Christians say, oh, well, this isn't going to happen to my kids. This isn't going to happen to the people in my community, in my church. It's just those people over there. And so they somehow feel comfortable with this 501c3 where you can't be involved in government, you can't be involved in your culture, and you're just standing in the corner watching the world spiritually burn, and we're not doing anything. So there, here, there's an asset right there, knowledge, wisdom. We, we've got to look for those things, and this all other designation is, is something to look into. Mountain lions come in all shapes and sizes and forms. 
Mama Bears, it doesn't just take moms. We've got dads backing us up. Get out there, get your hands on your kids, and keep them away from the mountain lions. Well, when you're looking at freedom, you know, Pastor Peters, the freedom to lead your flock, lead your children in the way they should go, it's it's crazy to me that a tax exemption or a tax ID would silence the church, but it's done that in the United States over the last 50 or 60 years, and it's time for more churches to stand up and obviously not change their faith, just a tax code number and start standing up in places that, you know, everybody's heard John 316. Let's talk a little bit more biblically about what's going on in our culture and get involved in government because there is no separation between church and state. There's only the church being silent and the evil Marxist state is devouring our children. I think we should to maybe equate the 501c3 uh, to a mask and just rip it off like a Band-Aid. Mm, rip it off. Come Get on. rid of it. Come on. I, I like Get that. Get rid of it. I love that. I like that. So, uh, again, thank you for your time tonight. We're about out of time. So, you guys stood up for the Church of Plant Parenthood in court. Uh, you guys have got that pretty well handled, it sounds like. And now you're coming back. You're not backing down is the title of TCAP, it looks like, for the next uh, several months. March 14th, May 9th, August 8th, October 10th, December 12th, 123 East Indiana, across the street, starting at 7.15 p.m. And uh, Pastor Ken Peters is going to be here. Yeah, hey, I want to invite everybody to come on out. We're restarting, so we're kind of starting from scratch all over again. And any pro-lifers out there that want to be a voice, uh, they can't sue us again, I don't think. We're going we're gonna to be doing exactly what the judge said that we had to do. So come on out March 14th. We're going to have Pastor Strom Haiti in there and myself, and we're going to have a great time. That's right. Well, and Danny Green has also uh, been helping keep this thing going, right? Yeah, he's been holding the fort for us, and he's going to be involved in that service as well. So it's going to be a it's going to be a whole team effort. And so we're calling everybody back in and, and just saying, hey, let's not let Planned Parenthood crush the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so we want to see that verse come come to fruition and come to life. All right. Well, thanks again for your time. We're out of time for this show. So folks, take action as always. And we will be back at you and in your face again tomorrow. Bye-bye.